0: It's Thursday. Welcome once again to the best movie podcast ever. This is the only movie podcast that offers objective, hyperbole free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I'm your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad. And with me, as always, he can't handle the truth. It's Anthony James. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Nice. Um, This week, as we mentioned in uh, last week's episode, we are going to be uh, doing a special themed episode. It's going to be on movie presidents, um, which might strike some people as slightly uh, inconvenient timing. Um, We did have... We we did have to do like a small amount of soul searching after we announced this to think, is it in poor taste to do this, uh, to do this video? Um, But I think ultimately we've come to the conclusion that this isn't supposed to be taken that seriously. And we're not just going to be sitting here dunking on the actual US uh, electoral system or political climate in general. So hopefully this can serve as a welcome distraction for the stuff that is going on in America at the moment, which is not good.
1: Yeah, and and I and just you know, once we've started the actual podcast, we'll not talk about it anymore. But our hearts do go out to the uh, people in America. Like we do take it very seriously. Oh yeah, it's it's just that uh, you know we think that uh, a president getting inaugurated is cause for you know a bit of movie president talk. Most of them will be fictional presidents too, so that'll probably be away from the real world.
0: Yeah, exactly. Then the, yeah, even the real ones uh, are fairly old. So. <laughs> we won't yeah, if you're looking for a distraction from uh from some of the more harrowing imagery uh that uh, that we've seen in the last few weeks, hopefully this will do this'll do for you. Um but yeah, so apart from that, please subscribe to us on YouTube or on podcasting apps, wherever you prefer to listen, uh give us a like, get involved in the comments down below and talk about any any movie presidents that uh that you like or or ones that you dislike that we've mentioned. And the ones that yeah. we missed
1: out. I'm sure we're gonna miss oh, out. Yeah, a lot. I'm sure
0: we'll miss loads. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Like we there's, there's plenty. That's what we're that, best at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we have to just ignore ninety percent of the fields to give everyone else a chance to, to, to join in the discourse. But uh, yeah, and share it with your friends. But uh, apart from that, let's talk about some movies. Let's do it. Movie presidents. We know what we know what that is. We know what that office is. It's impossible not to know what that office is after the week that we've just seen. Um, it is an ellipsis office. <laughs> It is, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a cylindrical building in which sits a man behind a mahogany desk? I don't know what the desk is made out of. I'm sh-
1: sure it's mahogany. Yeah,
0: you'd expect it to be mahogany. The highest grade of wood. So I, this is going to be informal. We're going to fire from the hip a little bit on this. I have got, and, and Anthony, you can tell me what kind of structure you've got for yours. Loosely, I've got mine divided into could-have-been-presidents, fictional-presidents, and real-presidents.
1: Okay so characters who you think would have made a good president.
0: Yeah so I've already cheated. I've already I've already breached the sacred bond of our of our premise.
1: Right, okay, so I didn't know about that. So what we'll do, I'm, I'm going to prove to you. This is the thing. And You know, Conrad, I'm a teacher, and a lot of our listeners do as well. And when you're a teacher, you have to learn how to make stuff up as you go. So Roll with
0: punches, we'll, yeah. we'll
1: do the characters who we think will make good presidents at the end, and by the time we get there, I'm going to have something that you think I prepared, but I didn't.
0: Okay, that's great. Like, and we, we can all judge Anthony at the end of it based on the, the quality of his response. Yeah. Um, I will... I will preface this by saying mine aren't that good in that category so it's, you may well upstage me i have uh, got
1: presidents who are real and presidents who are fiction though so i did okay. stick to the brief for those
0: well let's <laughs> let's well, I was that a put an important presidential text message <laughs> it's just
1: well there. actually the thing is I, last time that happened uh, on a podcast it was on dark discussions and it was actually you texting me but i can't blame you this time um <laughs> so you can't see my you hands know, you want, know who no. i blame i blame my work because i'm i'm school i'm i'm uh remote learning teaching now and uh, i've had to turn my whatsapp notifications on because i've never had them on before oh, but i need the them list. on now that wasn't the teacher from my school though just so you know
0: yeah no that's i hate having whatsapp notifications on for anything i don't like being noticed i don't like being contactable 24 7 it's awful
1: yeah, and I, I wouldn't I tell you what, I would not be a good president for that reason because if I'm if I had to give a live State of the Union address or and my phone's beeping in the background, like that's points away from me. I think if, if out of the two of us, Connor would be the best president based on that. Right, okay.
0: I I, I think yeah, I mean I could do I could do the big talk, I wouldn't have a clue what I was doing when it actually came time to do any
1: work, so <laughs> I mean maybe i would be a good president based on that. We'll um, do it we'll, we'll we'll do it. We'll be tandem president then. I'll be behind yeah. the scenes guy. <laughs> yeah. You can be the Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah, of, oh, of, uh, of, the, the, of the of the of the of the presidency and I'll be the guy be, behind um, the scenes. You could be my Condoleezza
0: Rice. Um or Dick okay. Cheney. Like when, like I'm trying to think of
1: powerful. Uh, I'm not gonna, Well, actually that's that's very topical because that's one of my, my oh, that'll come up later but yep. I'm not I'm not going to be your Dick Cheney see in planting, any way
0: planting the seeds of movies we're going to discuss already fictional yeah. presidents then let's start there okay, um,
1: fictional
0: presidents. Okay. i i so i haven't really got an order that i'm going to go uh, no no let's you know, just with these so let's just go for it like what's yeah. what's your first fictional president that you that you thought was worth discussing
1: well i think i think when we first mentioned movie presidents and i think i think most people would have this president in their mind well there's two actually which are probably the most famous i think we're going to talk about both of them today but the first one in my mind which is the most Famous movie president um, is Bill Pullman as President Thomas J Whitmore in Independence Day. Sure, yeah, a great, a great speech giver, a great orator. Yeah. When aliens come a knocking, you know, you, you're not going, you're not going to the prime minister of Canada, you're not going to the prime minister of the UK, you're going to the man in the Oval Office, Bill straight to
0: Straight to Tom Whitmore. He'll talk yeah. you out. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Whitmore. He he fits into an interesting subcategory um, in, in, this, in this discussion as well of um, presidents who are also military men and in fact actually pilots, which we have more than one of <laughs> in this list. Yes, I that's think, true. Do you think the reason for that, I, I was thinking about this um, when I was watching another movie that we'll get to a bit later. Do you think the reason that they make characters like this military pilots is because it sort of, it helps to remove you from potentially them committing horrific acts. (laughs) Because, like, if you're in the infantry, there's a non-zero percent chance that you maybe stabbed a man to death or something like that. Whereas, if you're a pilot, it's a bit more noble. It's a bit, more
1: <laughs> it's a little bit more. Like, there's less chance of you being the one who bombed people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know, I know what you. I know what you mean. I think you actually might be right there um, because there is less of a chance. Like, if you say, yeah, if you say I was infantry, hundred percent, you've shot someone. Yeah. Uh, if you've got to the point where you're president, so uh, maybe, yeah, I think I think yeah. maybe there's something there. But, well, yeah, definitely. But- uh, sorry.
0: Uh, well, there's there's a rich a rich vein of former military men um, in, in the role of the pres- presidency in this list, and this is one of them.
1: Yeah, this is this is the first one, but uh, yeah, no, I I genuinely really like this character. I I, I think um, obviously his speech is one of the most memorable presidential speeches, yeah. uh, in any film uh, Even,
0: given to uh, the British and possibly also somewhere in the middle east as well i can't remember like, all i remember is when he's giving his this is our independence day speech it cuts yeah, yeah. to people listening around the world which seems a little
1: presumptuous yeah well you know he's 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 taken charge he's taken the reins and that's what yeah. you want from an american president you know you need a you need an american president who is going to say you know what if the world's coming come under fire i'm going to be your man and that's and he's literally leading the charge like he's it's literally yeah he goes up in the plane, and uh, like in his speech, uh, it was—it's such a good speech. To be honest with you, it does. I remember—I remember, I remember it was when I first saw this as a child. I'm pretty sure I cried at like at the age of like <laughs> watching this. Um, and he's just like, "We will not go quietly into the night," you know. And I'm yeah. just like, "Oh." oh. And, yeah. then, and then, and as my ten-year-old brain, you know, I'm, I, it's called Independence Day, the film. But my, my ten-year-old brain is just like is just like, "Oh my god, oh my god." And then he goes, "It will be our Independence Day," and I'm a ten-year-old brain's like oh my God, it's called Independence Day. You know, it. Yeah, yeah. give that scriptwriter an Oscar. Um, yeah. I, 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 he actually gets in the ship. He actually gets in a plane. He does. Yeah, yeah he, he, he,
0: he, um, I, I, it's weird that I don't actually remember that much about Independence Day, but I remember him shouting Fox 2 as they're, uh, to launch missiles as he's a, or Fox 1 or whatever it is he shouts to, uh, to blow up some of the alien fighter jets um, when they're mounting the final attack, which I always thought was quite cool, um, he also. Well, Is, they
1: also do that in a lot of films, like uh, they say I, Fox. I, I've, I don't, I, I don't Fox, remember that yeah. from other
0: things. Oh, okay. Oh
1: yeah. It, 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 well, we'll talk about it a little later. But in Air Force One, they also say Fox One, Fox Two. Oh
0: okay. Yeah. There's a bit. Of and, and up One. until
1: today, when I watched Air Force One again, I always thought it was Box One, <laughs> Box Two. I don't really understand why it's Fox One. Someone could tell us in the comments, like why do they say that? Do you know?
0: Uh, fuck off. Killed. Is what it's. Uh, no, wait, hold on. That's a K, not an X, but an X looks like a K. It's so fuck off killed. There you go. <laughs> I like, think that's what it stands for. I don't is know it? what it means. No. That's <laughs> a lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a complete lie. Um, I, I don't know. It's probably uh, like the military are always using like the phonetic alphabet for things. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's probably something to do with that. Who, who knows? It's like when you yeah. say you're Oscar Mike, which um, I. I heard for the first time when I think when I was playing like one of the the Call of Duty games in like the mid-2000s and I heard them say Oscar Mike, which I guess means to move out. But I decided that it was Cockney rhyming slang for on your bike.
1: (laughs) Oscar Mike on your bike. But on your bike is also a slang. It doesn't
0: make sense. It's so layered. That's the thing about Cockney rhyming slang.
1: It's like five layers deep. (laughs) Rich language. Um, But Oscar Mike, does that mean like on the move?
0: Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the similar similar thing with Fox. It, it, it means it's it's like an initialism for something else. Who knows? I'll hmm. say this for Thomas J. Whitmore, he's not afraid to use the nuclear option. <laughs> 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 One of I'm trying to think. We have a few. Well, I have a few presidents in my list who have exercised uh, the nuclear or or a kind of the the future equivalent of the nuclear arsenal. He yeah. he does, and he does it with um what's the word i'm looking for with um abandon <laughs> yeah like reckless <laughs> abandon or um uh there's a word i'm looking for where it's like oh you're really pissed off about it and with prejudice that's the word i'm looking for with prejudice when when they do the uh the uh, the alien speaking through data from star trek um bits and and then he gets into it gets into tom whitmore's mind and he and he has they, they shoot the alien they do that whole thing and then he goes let's nuke the bastards <laughs> it's like, all right it's not very let's you know let's 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 little be a little bit presidential about this thomas
1: all right <laughs> let's nuke them but bastards. they do it they nuke them they do um they do i think they, they use a few nukes in this in this film <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah they do yeah
1: <laughs> yeah um yeah so actually this has a very this has a parallel to another film i'm going to talk about later which we'll get back to but the idea of going out into space and putting a nuke deep within something <laughs> uh now in this film it happens to be a, an alien spaceship uh in another film it happens to be something different but yeah so i, I don't know i think he's pretty iconic i think the speech yeah. he gives and then he actually the fact i like i like a film where the president actually does sort of become involved in the fighting i don't know yeah. i just really I, I really like i like the idea that um that, like, a president who's currently in office watches a film like this and is just like, if that ever happens, I'm going to be me. there. And then, I, like, you know, whenever anything happens, they just run to the bunker, you know?
0: I, I just like the idea of um a president of the United States flying alongside Randy Quaid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that. They wouldn't let a man like that within 300 miles of a president in this day and age, but... He's a was, crop
1: duster. He, he does he have a, one of the best moments, though. He, like, um back! Yeah, no, he, he, he has a
0: proper, like, <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say he has a character arc because it's just like he's mental and then he does that well, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah
1: because yeah. It, it starts off the film where he's a guy who's always claimed that he went and got probed by aliens yeah yeah <laughs> And it, in, it, in my mind I'm like I, even at the end of the film I'm like I know there's aliens exist in the world i don't I, think i still i still no. don't believe him because these aliens it, it, haven't been to earth before no, it, like he's still lying
0: as far as i'm like he's just mental <laughs> and this is they, they basically just wound him up and pointed him at the enemy and be like yep those are the guys who probed you i guess go sacrifice yeah. yourself randy yeah. um yeah uh, I, I i mean i i think i think randy quaid was a hero a died, died a hero um <laughs> and, uh, and he's not going to
1: be on my list of uh, pe- uh, characters who could be president.
0: No, in real life, uh, he, he perhaps uh, lived long enough to become a villain, uh, <laughs> Randy Quaid. He may he may have preferred <laughs> to have gone out this way than become what he has. But uh, yeah. but yeah, Thomas Whitmore is a great shout. And I think, to be honest, if we're talking about military men uh, becoming presidents, we've we've already mentioned it. The the next obvious stopping point here is is uh, James Marshall in Air Force One. mm-hmm I yeah. think that, I think and uh, This is a film it. that
1: we both rewatched for this. Yes, um, yeah, it's the
0: one movie I actually got a chance to rewatch this uh, or to watch this week.
1: Well, yeah, you had you had nine films last week, so I, su- I suppose <laughs> I suppose it's all right. Um, but yeah, like, uh, so what did you think? What, what do you want to say about this present? I, I think I mean he it,
0: like he's another guy who's a pilot, so we're talking about that being a pilot allowing you to kind of abstract the combat he was in, so it's less horrific. He was a helicopter pilot in Nam, which. I guess he and uh, Tom Whitmore are probably. Uh, he's but he's a bit older than Tom Whitmore actually. So I, I'm trying to think what war Tom Whitmore would have been in. Maybe. Um, what wars Iraq. was it, it? wouldn't been a because that movie it was, was in
1: 1996. The in the 80s, or, yeah. I guess
0: he could have been like in in
1: fighting in like Cold War territories and stuff. Yeah, like, like he, he like he, he he might have been just stationed in. Yeah. Like, he might not have been in a war, you know. No, that's true. Turn, he might have just, uh, like, run run guns into Afghanistan or
0: something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, James Marshall, he was a helicopter pilot in uh, Vietnam, Medal of Honor recipient, which I don't believe Thomas Whitmore, uh, Whitmore was. I, I would say... He gives out the medals. He does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say James Marshall is more patriotic than Thomas Whitmore. There's a bit more kind of although Thomas Whitmore has like that 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 emotional high note of the big speech uh yeah. The entire planet, but James Marshall has one of uh, this. This moment is fucking ridiculous. He has one of my favorite moments in any of the movies I've watched in recent recent months, where he's trying to figure out how to dump the fuel from Air Force One to force yes. them to land. I know exactly. And, and he's talking to like you know an engineer on the phone or whatever, uh, <laughs> and it cuts out before they can tell him which wires to cross. So and he has a red, a white, a blue, a green, and a yellow wire, and he needs to cross two of them, and without any information. Given to him because the line is cut out. He just decides red, white, and blue would never let an American president down, so he <laughs> so he crosses the green and the yellow, and it works. It's like
1: what? Well, <laughs> well, it was probably built by an American, so you know, take that. That is true.
0: That is true. It, it was just like that level of faith in one's country is something to be admired. I think <laughs> that that even when the colors red, white, and blue are near each other. They, they 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 sort of form a kind of a kind of spiritual energy that that you can be. Yeah, I can feel about. it
1: around you right now, Conrad. You're wearing a red, white, and blue. Exactly. Top. Yeah, I can yeah, feel it.
0: Yeah, this wasn't deliberate actually, but there we go. You're welcome, <laughs> American viewers.
1: Yeah, well, it's also the colours of the UK, like. That to be true. to be fair, red, white, and blue are the colours of of quite oh, a probably of over fifty percent of the of the <laughs> countries in the world.
0: Yeah. yeah, there wasn't that much originality in flag design back in the day. Well, was-
1: well let's let's be yeah exactly. Well, it was it was up it was to do with what colours you get. That's why so little flags have purple on them, and the ones that have purple on them are countries which are newer, which the, the which they could actually have a synthetic purple dye to create their flag with. So the, that's the true. Com- yeah, that's true. So ah, that's it was far too weird. expensive to uh, have purple, um, purple on your flag. So that's like why orange and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So in any countries with purple on their flag, the countries are like less than 150 years old.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Whereas, yeah, we were just like, I don't know. These are the dyes we have. We have lapis lazuli and
1: berries. And yeah, but <laughs> it also it also might be something to do with the fact that, you know, like the British Empire spread it <laughs> spread around the world, and then they that's maybe. True. Based there, the colours on the, what? There's on Union the... Jacks
0: on a lot of flags, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. I don't, exactly. I don't take any pleasure in that being the case. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, like talking about uh, James Marshall, then back to the matter at hand. Yeah. Played by Harrison Ford. I uh, he's he's better at hand, hand he's better at hand to hand combat than Thomas Whitmore. I don't think there's any disputing that. And I say I'd say that because like Thomas Whitmore gets fucking owned by a single alien that like can't even get to him. He can just mind control him through gla- glass james marshall is essentially john mcclain if he was a good husband and father <laughs> like, that's well,
1: yeah the... well air force one is 100 just been like yeah Diehard did pretty well let's <laughs> yeah, do that. every, that every conceivable me. thing you know
0: <laughs> the only like the only thing that is different is he doesn't lose his shoes at any point in, yeah. <laughs> in this
1: we've movie. had it on a speeding bus we've had it in a hotel let's <laughs> yeah. ha- let's have it on a plane yeah. um yeah and I, as you say he's like much more hand to hand combat. back did, Did you know, I was actually doing a bit of reading about it, did you know that um, Gary Oldman, uh, who plays Ivan Korshinov, uh, who's just like, you know, the sort of baltic terrorist i don't know like, i don't know where <laughs> yeah, he's i don't know where he's from somewhere like i don't know he's either russian he's kazakhstan we're, we're talking about this yeah i, I yeah. mean he he talks about like unifying russia
0: but he's from kazakhstan and it, like so i guess he's well, he I fights guess... for
1: the glorious kazakhstan but i don't really i don't really know i don't know the history of the area well enough to like, really <laughs> pin it down but i don't think the, the people time... who wrote this movie do either to be yeah. honest, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you probably do have something with something there. Like, but uh, yeah, but I was gonna say um, Gary Oldman and Harris Ford apparently in their scenes where they're like beating each other up in this. they were properly punching each other. Oh really? They just dislike each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah I, could, exactly. I could, I could believe it. I think Gary Oldman's a bit
0: of a, a bit of a method type actor. So he probably was walking around the set, um, in his talking in his awful Russian accent, and Harrison Ford had enough of that shit. Um,
1: yeah. Well, Gary Oldman's one where I hear, I hear mixed review, mixed, uh, mixed uh, accounts on that actually. Sometimes, apparently, sometimes he is very like that method. But apparently on this film he wasn't. Apparently this was okay. one of the funnest films. The people he worked on had ever been on because Harrison Ford and Gary Oldman got on like a house on fire. But oh, but okay. um but and he would just break character away from his sort of psychopath terrorist and then back in. So, but some but the thing is I hear conflicting reports. Apparently apparently he is method sometimes. I don't know. I, don't know what's going on. I also I don't mean, I think I don't think there's a nailed down a, a description of what method acting is.
0: No, I think yeah, it, it probably depends on the role and depends on the period in his career as well. It's entirely mm-hmm. possible he changed his approach multiple times um yeah, exactly. throughout his career. But he's a very good villain and yeah, he's a good foil to uh, to Harrison Ford, who mm-hmm. is yeah, a very all action um all action president. Um Something I know we said we weren't going to discuss real politics here, listeners, but yeah, gonna have to humor me for one second because it came up in Air Force One and I was very happy when it did. Uh, they started to, basically there's a bit where they think he might be dead. No, in fact, it's after they find out he's alive, but they're worried that he's a liability. I think it's his chief of staff or something like that is basically trying to get the vice president to sign off on Article 25 to remove yeah, it's, him from it's power. The
1: Secretary of Defense Walter Dean, oh, that's right, played yeah. by Dean Stockwell.
0: Yeah, it's the Secretary of Defense. They're trying to get him to get the Vice President to sign off on Article 25 to remove him from the position of presidency, because I guess that means they don't need to worry about the hostage situation then. It's just like, oh, whatever. Take the plane. We don't care about yeah, that. Yeah,
1: actually, that was a, a plot point of this film, which I was thinking about as well. It's like, so as soon as you sign that page you just don't care about if he's, yeah, this he's just man not the president children, so a child about. and his wife die like
0: yeah like he's still a former president it's still pretty <laughs> important to not let him die um but uh but yeah although apparently
1: uh, presidents who have been removed by the 25th amendment don't get all the extra security detail and stuff so don't no really care that's about, yeah. that's
0: true yeah he wouldn't get his pension but that uh, mm. like because of uh because of what's happened in America this week I was like I know what the 25th amendment is so like that's that's fun that's a, a nice little case of uh of life imitating art uh um, yeah well you know
1: as we go as we grow older we we learn these things uh conrad i uh, Mike pants down and get him to watch air force one but look this is what you could be like you could yeah. be you could be like glenn close in this movie i love the idea of mike pence sitting there again again we're getting real here but mike <laughs> pence sitting there with a little folder. With like all the signatures in it, and he's like holding it, like you know, he's got it open, like Glenn Close does in this film. <laughs> yeah. And then like maybe whenever like Pelosi puts the uh, the the uh, the what do you call it um, impeachment article yeah. in on Monday, uh, he 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 then rips it up. He's like, yes,
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, finally my moment. And he looks up and he's got a framed photograph of Harrison Ford as James Marshall in his <laughs> office. <laughs> That's yeah. an interesting point, actually. Where I think with all of the ones that I've got, I don't know about you. Every single fictional president <clears throat> that I have in this list, I don't think. I think all of them remain uh, unclear on which party they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be part of. That's
1: that. That seems to be a rule of thumb <laughs> yeah. for for movie presidents is that they don't say. Um, now, I think there are some TV shows where they do say, like in The West Wing. I think that they would; it was a Democratic president. Yeah, I think but, I
0: think uh, I think Martin Sheen was a Democrat in that.
1: Yeah, but I but they they don't generally say, and it's it's interesting. It's actually in well, to be honest with you, in a film like this, you're not supposed to really care about what side this president's on. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? You're saying oh, all
0: every one of these movies is bipartisan.
1: We don't care. <laughs> like well, they love America. That's what we care this about. This film did put a little bit of policy stuff in the beginning. Yeah. Um, which most, which a lot of a lot of president films don't, because a lot of president's films are like trying to stop an asteroid hitting Earth or something. Yeah. So the idea of the, like the, the policy <laughs> stuff does not fully come into it. But like you know, this film started because he like took a, a, a dictator um into prison and like yeah. took him took him out of Kazakhstan and then said from now on we're going to invade a country as soon as there's any slight bit of terrorism going on <laughs> yeah. um yeah. so they did take a side in this which side they took I'm not going to fully analyze that but they did they took a political side that you could analyze that's very rare I think for for, for this type of film
0: yeah, I, I guess it's just easier not to get into like potentially alienating half of your audience by being like, "Check out this cool Republican, guys."
1: <laughs> yeah, that 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 is true. Yeah, like um, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. You, we we well, there's a couple in here where you can kind of make an educated guess as to, as to which side of the political spectrum they fall on. Um, but yeah, so that's Harrison Ford as James Marshall, great president, likes to kick people off of his planes and then say, "Get off my plane," which I don't know if it's your plane to be honest, James. I I guess the president owns Air
1: Force One, maybe. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. Well, I I think he does. He he owns everything in America, including the people, doesn't he? Well, certain presidents think that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um... (laughs) Okay I, I think
0: the next so I know you've got one on your list that I haven't really seen um but I think in the interest of of sort of thematically remaining with presidents who have served the people by protecting them from extraplanetary threats um I reckon we go with a couple of yours that well, I I've got one
1: more basically of these of this Okay uh,
0: you do yours and then maybe I'll do mine after that
1: Yeah because Air Force 1 was my Independence Day them a two and then I've also got a third one we shared okay. air force one but you know. it I mean. yeah so uh basically my next one is president beck played by morgan freeman in deep impact yeah uh, now deep impact is a film that came out in 1998 it's about a a asteroid that is huge uh basically the size of new york heading towards earth yeah um and they have to stop it somehow um i don't remember yeah, how sort of- they stop
0: it to be honest like, I haven't seen this movie in a long time.
1: Well, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you if they stop it or not. But uh, the poster. Imagine has if a, they didn't. Imagine. Like, well, the poster does have an asteroid hitting Earth. So. Let's oh okay. Say
0: Spoilers. They've given it away in the, in the poster. There.
1: <laughs> but basically, basically, um, he's he's obviously put in a, in a hard decision, hard position where he has to decide what to do, what's the best for his country. Now, in this film, they do actually. Uh, he doesn't speak for the world like in Independence Day. He actually like so. What they eventually start doing is like, just as a sort of a backup plan, they start creating like caves in the Missouri uh, limestone. Oh, grounds, that's right. Something. Yeah, yeah. And they they're sort of putting uh, a million people can go in, and there's like a lottery where they like randomly choose um eight hundred thousand people, and then there's the other two hundred thousand is reserved for like scientists, artists, teachers, all the jobs you need. You know, basically. <laughs> yeah. Don't say you don't need artists. Come on, guys. We, you know. If you don't think you need artists, what the hell are you listening to a movie podcast? Yeah. Have, they, have they
0: got room for YouTubers in the caves? That's what I want to know.
1: Well, That's 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 literally mm. the reason we started a YouTube channel, because we want to yeah. get to the point where people know us enough that we all get into a cave when an asteroid's <laughs> yeah. going to hit the A cult, popular-
0: uh, cult of personality gets us in.
1: Yeah, exactly. But basically, makes this decision. Uh, but he, he, They also mention a line where he says, and the rest of the world leaders are doing similar things in their country. So it very much was trying to say, like, that we're not speaking for the world here. Um And yeah, it's really interesting the way they set it up, actually, because the way they set it up... Now, if you didn't watch the trailer, or if you didn't see the poster, or if you didn't look at the title of it called Deep Impact, uh, you maybe wouldn't have known it was about an asteroid. I think everyone does, based on all those factors. Uh, Also, the fact that the start of the film shows a guy uh, discovering the asteroid, and then dying on the way to try and deliver the news. Um, How does he die? I don't remember that. His car goes off the road and explodes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it has to happen That's so,
0: so contrived They're like, oh the one man who detected This enormous asteroid Coming towards Earth, no one in China was like Should we maybe tell The other people in on Earth About this, No, <laughs> so we have this one we have, we were just that, did they actually I, I can't remember what it's called, but you know that Massive satellite array, I think it's in Nevada Somewhere, do they mm. use that for this
1: No, it's just like a little Astronomy club uh okay. th- like so Elijah Wood's in it and he plays Leo Biederman and uh old Leo at his astronomy club is looking up at the uh at at, at the at the stars and he notices something that it that shouldn't be there uh, and he's like hey there's that's that's something and then all the rest of the astronomy club there's these teenagers are like what well, that's so and so asteroid that's so and so star and he's like I'm telling you it's bloody not <laughs> so they take he takes a picture of it and then uh he's like sort of tutor or the guy who takes the club goes back to the the, the uh, observatory where he works or whatever and he's like just looking through and then he uses the photograph and finds actually this is this is uh, something here and then so that the, it, it gets called it gets named after um it gets named after the astronomer, but it also gets named after Elijah Wood's character. So this teenager, this teenager is like, it's called the something, like the Ray Biederman or something. The Biederman is his last name. Yeah. And it's so funny because, like, he's he's now, like, sort of a little famous in his community. Like, you know, and he's at, he's at the front of, uh, uh, like, they've just been told the asteroid's going to hit the world. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's standing at the front of an assembly and he's just like, uh, he's just like... Um, I have to admit, it's pretty cool. You know, having his name yeah, named after. You don't want to be named after. You don't want I mean, to be then, 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 to then you another teenage up. boy stands up in front of the whole school, all the pupils, all the faculty, all load of parents there. Uh, a teenage boy stands up and goes, you're going to have so much sex now.
0: <laughs> I remember that line. That's like one of the few lines I remember from this. Yeah, is, is very, that... very
1: realistic, isn't
0: it? Yeah, well, I mean, it, about as realistic as, like, nothing detecting this asteroid apart from an astronomy club. It's like, like the Hubble Telescope doesn't have a fucking clue what's going on, <laughs> but like the ISS, the ISS was uh, launched in uh, by. Well, 19- they found out eventually. They found out eventually. Yeah, but after, like, after a guy could see it in the sky. <laughs> yeah.
1: So basically, uh what I was getting with that is they st- They start off with that whole uh, asteroid coming towards Earth, where this guy's racing. Fault goes off the road. His car explodes that it's called deep impact the poster has a picture of an impact with an asteroid yeah. um the trailer shows that as well and if you didn't know all that they start the storyline off with the president with a reporter trying to get to the bottom of a an extramarital affair that she thinks is happening and like and like it's so it's trying to trick you into thinking oh this is about like intrigue in the political realm of and that man uh, that man actually uh, left the left the the cabinet because he was like cheating on his wife with this woman. Right. And then like 20 or 30 minutes in, you find out that the woman who she's been told by an informer that the woman's name is Ellie. Right. Um, And then you find out half an hour in, she finds out it's not Ellie. It's E L E extinction level event.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The extinction level event was the other woman. This oh, is it's, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I don't it's remember anything. Still the best about film <laughs> in the world,
1: but it's great, fun. it's
0: great fun. Well, it is is so we were talking briefly about this before we started recording. I would I would say Morgan Freeman is a strong front runner for the actor to have played the president the most times. And I actually couldn't name you another thing that he's been the president in, but one I one of am, the
1: fallen films, Olympus has fallen, something yeah, like that.
0: I, I'm like 100 percent certain he's played a president at least one or two other times apart from this, which seems to be it's
1: it's sort of like playing um Playing James London Bond. has fallen. He plays vice president.
0: Oh, he's the vice oh, president. That, well, must, that
1: might be a that might be a spoiler for that film because I did look it up and it said that he played the president in that. So I think the president must die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoilers for London has fallen. That really popular. That's the Channing Tatum one, is it?
1: No, it's your fellow who plays uh a Sparta. Who have that? Guy's oh, called. Gerard, Gerard, Gerard Butler.
0: Butler. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well sorry about that (laughs) yeah let's be honest you weren't gonna watch that movie anyway um okay like oh i didn't mean you i meant the listeners but i mean well i'm I'm not i'm not yeah you weren't going to either um okay so we've got we've got like some extra planetary threat in there i think talking about asteroids hitting earth uh leads me quite naturally into a couple of characters here i don't you may not have seen this have you ever watched starship troopers
1: yeah uh no, sorry, sorry. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. Every time I hear the the, the name of the film Starship Troopers, I think of um, Super Troop, Super Troopers. <laughs> That's
0: was the a wrong thing. That was the wrong time. to Take a sip of coffee. Those are not the same movie at all. Yeah.
1: Give me um, a liter of diet cola. Give me a liter of yeah. cola.
0: <laughs> That's got um, <clears throat> Brian Brian Cox in that movie. Is like he's Denim a favorite. Dan he's a very serious actor Brian Cox he's a very good actor and there's a bit at the end of that movie when they're all having the big kind of blowout fight and I can't remember the name of the rival police chief but he's fighting Brian Cox and he goes like are you drunk Brady and Brian Cox without missing a beat just gets drunk enough to kick your ass it's such a good line and it's just that the fact it's Brian
1: Cox saying it makes it so
0: much funnier
1: He's, I, that, that's I, the I when I, I watched that when I was quite young probably too young to watch that film yeah but because uh, like I actually can't remember much about it but I just the they call, he shows up, Brian Cox shows up wearing double denim, right? De- yeah. denim jeans, yeah. denim jacket, and they call him Denim Dan. And yeah. <laughs> that has stuck in my head for 20 years. You know, it just won't leave. It's yeah, there's, uh, Super
0: Troopers, unfortunately, we never meet the president in Super Troopers, otherwise, because <laughs> I could spend a long time talking about how that movie, I feel like um, the, the um, oh, what they're called, it's not Broken Lizard, it's something like the guys who made those movies and they also made... Um, Oh, the names of the rest of their movies are completely going out of my head. But they, they made a, a couple of other like quite funny comedies. But they never topped Super Troopers. And I feel like maybe Super Troopers' reputation has suffered a bit as a result of the quality of their other work.
1: But Super Troopers... They, they, did, a, they did a sequel. Um, they I never, did. Saw, I never that saw, that. saw it. I never yeah. saw it, no.
0: Um, but no, so Starship Troopers... Talking about asteroids hitting Earth. In Starship Troopers, the, the goddamn bugs on the other side of of the solar system or in fact might be the other side of the galaxy i can't remember but they're basically lobbing asteroids at earth and um and there's a couple of sky marshals in this nightmarish uh fascist regime um of the terran federation in starship troopers uh and the first one is sky marshal deans who orders a land assault of the bug home world and it ends up with like 400,000 people dying in like an hour. And then the next one is Sky Marshal to Hatmaru. And I just wanted to mention these briefly because A, Sky Marshal is a really cool name for the president, even if it's in a horrific fascist, it's kind of totalitarian, totalitarian regime. Um, yep. and, and and B, Starship Troopers is an awesome movie. Uh, we don't really get that much from these characters, so I won't spend that very long on them. But uh, yeah, they are present in this movie and are a kind of well, I mean, yeah, it's a military dictatorship. It's basically the implication.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like I've never seen it. I, I've, I, you, I think ever since I've known you, you've been talking about this film, and I've never watched it. So As good. I say, I always mistake it for Super Troopers. I don't think there's a leader of cola in this film once. I, I have haven't no. Seen there
0: it. is no cola in this movie. It's, is it's, there a double? Is there double denim? Uh, Casper Van Dien might wear double <laughs> denim. He say like there is definitely. That, I mean it's set in the future but Casper Kasper van Diem is 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 kind of he, he seems like he might me, he might do that at some point um but yeah it's a very good movie it's worth checking out it's I um, will I
1: will check it out I will check it out is Paul
0: Verho- I it I mean it's it's Paul Verhoeven, so it's kind of very um very subversive and and I think he's one of those directors normally when someone hires like shitty actors to be in their movie it's just like that's a bad choice but because he's trying to like the whole thing is like a propaganda tape Uh, so he gets like Denise Richards and Casper Van Diem as the leads and they're really wooden and boring and I think it's pure it's completely um, it's completely uh, deliberate and it makes it really funny I think but um yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I do i do really like robocop so i probably should take robocop's it a very good movie as well um we don't miss meet the president in that one either unfortunately but yeah so moving on from Starship troopers because there's not yeah. much, that much to say about the sky marshals apart from the fact that they exist um i was going to mention while we're on kind of existential threats i think uh, do you say you've got another one in this kind of field as well
1: uh no 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 we, okay. i was talking i was i was talking about um the similarities between armageddon and yeah. uh and and Deep Impact, but um, but no, I, don't, I I don't. You see the president very briefly in Armageddon, and I, that's just not something that's very memorable. But yeah, yeah. so obviously there's we all know the similarities between Armageddon and uh, Deep Impact. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about them at a later date. But that's what I was thinking. Okay,
0: no, that's fine. So um, the on- I think the only one I've got left in this um presidents who are protecting the Earth, um, or or indeed in this case, um, the Earth. Controlled planets from an existential threat is uh, President Lindbergh of the Federated Territories uh, in Luc Besson's 1997 film *The Fifth Element*, um, played by Tom Tiny Lister Jr.
1: Yeah, who's passed away sadly. He did. Um, yeah, that's that's great that you're saying this. Like, <laughs> this was almost on my list to talk about, and that's yeah. that's amazing. I just love the fact that you. Chose I had this. to put him
0: in there. I had to, like I, he's one of my favorite movie presidents ever because he's just. He he gets nothing done.
1: <laughs> like yeah, he's yeah, yeah.
0: he's completely incompetent.
1: Yeah, and you might also recognize this actor. He's he's in he's in uh, Friday, and he's also he also plays the huge tattooed prisoner in the dark in the Dark night on the boat. Yeah, yeah. Like um, he,
0: he he was in a he was also Zeus in the WWE or WWF in the eighties or might have been no it would have been the eighties. So he ha- he's had a varied career or he had a varied. I think career, he also so played the say.
1: kingpin in uh, Daredevil, the Ben Affleck. That no, that
0: was Michael Clark Duncan.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah,
0: but but I mean Michael Clark yeah. Duncan
1: who's also um passed away sadly.
0: Yes, yeah. Um but yeah, so I mean th- this president really I think is defined by uh trying to talk to Corbin Dallas's mother on the phone uh to tell her that her son is a hero and just getting chewed out by her and, <laughs> yeah. and, and you, you never see you never see this character, but I imagine her, she has like rollers in her hair and and is wearing a ninety. <laughs> And is like in you know, a completely loveless marriage. Um I'm trying to think oh uh, he ignores Ian Home, which is never a good idea. Like and he shoots a some kind of laser into Mr. Shadow and 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 doesn't work. You should always listen to Ian Home, unless it's Alien, actually. Don't listen to Ian Home
1: and Alien. Well and also it's interesting, we've also already talked about it, but this is the second film we're talking about with Gary Oldman as the bad guy. It is. Yeah. Oh, what is his character's name in this? I can't Zorg. remember. Zorg. Z- yeah,
0: Zorg. That's it. He's got. I his, love like, this film. It's he's got so his, good. like. I, I don't know what. He's what got like a perspex is.
1: sheet on the side of his head, uh. With yeah. like, the the costumes of this film were designed by uh, Gautier. Um, yeah. really, really yeah. interesting looking film. But yeah, I think that's a good good shout. Uh, I President Lindbergh Lindbergh was was definitely one that I was thinking about. Uh, I'll tell you what. This is a little bit of a sidetrack here, but see in the Fifth Element, right? Yeah. I had nightmares for five five to ten years. About the uh, the blue alien woman singing opera, I don't. Uh, yeah, not even well, not even like the scenes that precede, like that come after that. It's just that scene where she's singing. I don't know why. I probably watched this film too young, and I was just, I had nightmares about that for like five years. That, I mean, that, she's that, kind that...
0: of like she's all wavy, and she's got tentacle head. So it you know there's 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 things that are unsettling about it, and I guess even if you're not thinking about them, you do see them like, okay, I'm going to say this now. I don't understand how she had the stones in her as well. Like, what's going on there? That doesn't make any sense. I know we'll address what you just said in a second, but, like, I've just had this thought. Like, she has the stones inside of her. How does that work? I know, I guess we don't understand, like, alien physiology in the fifth element, and maybe they just have big chasms inside of their chests where they can keep rocks. But... That always upset me. <laughs> it's just like, how did you get them in there, and how are they getting out?
1: Yeah, I have no idea. I never questioned that. Uh, that's where they go. That's that's where the element stones go. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's interesting that she uh,
0: she scared you though. I, I I can. I mean, the song is quite unsettling, and and it's uh, there's. I don't know how truthful this is, but I've seen lots of. Um, YouTube videos of, of like singers basically saying this is technically impossible to do because the, the 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 way the like the voice shifts is too difficult
1: um
0: which I don't know if I agree technically
1: with. impossible how can you say technically impossible when you're talking about an alien like there's no technicalities there it's already admitting it's fiction
0: yeah yeah and there's um i mean i, I there, there's some i'm trying to remember the opera now but it, the night queen's aria in i think it's a mozart opera about It'll oh, come to me, but but, but uh, that sounds a lot like what she sings, and I've literally seen a
1: woman singing that, so it like I don't think it is impossible, but it's impressive nonetheless. Well, uh, I'll take the expert's opinion. It's it's impossible to the human properly, but I do know like I've got a friend who uh, is a is an opera singer, and yeah. uh, she sang at our wedding actually. Uh, and uh, she like there is a thing where you have to be born like it, it is like a natural given thing like your your voice your vocal cords have to be a certain way to be able to become a professional and if you just if you're not born with them no matter no matter how much practice you do you won't be able to do it I'm sure you'll be able to get to a certain level but to be the best of the best you have to have a naturally spaced vocal cord I don't know how you say it like but
0: okay yeah that that sounds plausible to me I have no education on the matter so yeah I will <laughs> I will defer. Your well, this my, my
1: friend, my friend uh, that I'm talking about has been in an advert for a mobile phone company where she sang through a mobile phone and broke a glass. So, there you go. Was that
0: was that legit or did they? I, I don't know if that's actually a thing that can happen.
1: It wasn't legit. I, I, I'm sure you can um, do it through a phone. You can definitely do it without a phone, but um, oh, you can
0: do it without a phone. I, I was never sure if like you could actually. Sing yeah, at you a just glass.
1: have to. You just have to uh, put it quite close to your your mouth. And then sing a, a note really long and really loud at the resonant frequency of the glass. Okay. And then it'll, it'll, it's makes the glass sh- like shake and then eventually it'll break. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's literally just the amount of energy you put in at the correct frequency will do it.
0: Well, there you go. I've learned something. Apparently, anyone, learn.
1: anyone can learn to do it. Anyone can learn.
0: All right. Well, that's what I'm going to do in this next lockdown is learn to break glass with my voice like <laughs> yeah. I'm Banshee of the X Men. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. I, I've got. I'm gonna say how many more how many more um fictional presidents do you have on your list? No, I've got no more. you you got no more? Okay, right. I'll I'll fire through a couple then because um okay. so we've got um this this is probably when people think about movie presidents who are presiding over essentially apocalyptic situations, this is maybe the most famous one. Uh, if 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 not the most famous, then probably one of the um one of the most well or in one of the most well regarded movies i guess and that is president merkin muffley in dr strange love or how i learned to stop worrying and love the bomb uh easily to my mind the best named president on this list uh if, the, if i ever see a candidate called merkin muffley up for election i am going to donate to that candidate because we need a pre- <laughs> yeah. we need a president muffley
1: um, well uh it, it, the word merkin uh, <laughs> yeah
0: merkin is merkin we all know it's what a merkin is. We all sketchy. know what a merkin is. We're not going to go into it on this podcast, right, listener? You know what a merkin is, and if you don't, Google it. But not at work. Um, and
1: <laughs> and and
0: muffly is just a great, it's just a great surname. And and actually, to be honest,
1: muff like to be honest with you, the word muff as well. And
0: muff is a great, muff's just a fun word to say, you know. Um, yeah, and,
1: but yeah, okay. There's definitely. Uh, merkin and muff and yeah. muffly uh, similar meaning we'll say yeah they knew, he they knew he what he was doing
0: there and um and like, likewise actually the the uh the russian premier who we don't actually see but he talked uh, merkin muffly talks to him on the phone excuse me M- president president muffly says to him on the on the uh speaks to him on the phone uh his name is premier Dmitry Kissoff, uh <laughs> which is <laughs> another great name there's a few in this movie to be honest it's very funny um I, I would say President Muffley is maybe the most incompetent president on this list.
1: I'm just scrolling through mine now. I've got... Um... I mean, he's, you don't have to think that too hard. He's pretty incompetent, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, like his his conversation with uh, Premier Kisoff where he's basically like just they're just like exchanging platitudes and then and then like when he tells him that like he says one of our base commanders went and did a silly thing and then can you imagine how I feel about it this of course in regard to an, a US uh, army base commander uh, seizing control of the nuclear arsenal and launching like uh, bombers at, at Russia it's, it's a very funny conversation but his his entire plan is I, I mean to be honest actually he's he he works quite well as i don't I'd, i don't know enough about the political climate in in the 60s in america at the time um but he works quite well as kind of like a cautionary tale for for good well-meaning but weak leaders i guess because he, mm. he like every every plan that he comes up with so like he famously lets the russian ambassador into the war room uh, to which like the really uh, um antagonistic general responds he will see the big board uh <laughs> like <laughs> And points behind himself, um, as if that's going to give away all their secrets. It does actually turn out to be a relatively good idea. So he does have good ideas throughout <laughs> the entire movie, but he's just so like spineless and weak-willed that it's it, like he, he he takes so long to act that unfortunately things go south fairly quickly in um, <laughs> in, in in the end. Um, that's a movie Murk that's worth. It. Yeah, Murk- President Muffley I can't. I wouldn't give him a second term. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First term ended in total uh, nuclear annihilation for America and Russia. It's hard to get reelected on that platform. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I will say something about uh, Doctor Strangelove uh, before we move off it. Actually, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I know we're gonna, we shouldn't trust it too much, but the IMDb top two hundred and fifty—you know that list. Yeah, um, I think it possibly now. I'm, I'm probably overlooking something here, but I think it might be the highest-rated comedy like of anything on imdb um, yeah it's 70th in the world apparently uh according to that but you know take it with a pitch of salt but i i think it's it, it seems to be a really highly respected comedy film which to be honest with you although most people uh love comedy films and they and they will watch them to enjoy them it's not really ever reflected in the in this in the rating out of 10 or 5 you know what i mean
0: no and it, i like comedy is 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 kind of like it's a bit like horror it's um it's famously like disrespected when it comes to sort of being considered a critical darling. Um Yeah, I, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if this is one of the highest highest rated ones. I think you there's probably some Billy Wilder stuff in there uh, or like the some like it hot and the apartment are probably up there as well.
1: But yeah, the apartment I was looking for the apartment. It's not there. Um, Parasite's there, which you could argue is, I suppose, a comedy. That's yeah, Par- I think i I'd call that think I think,
0: yeah. I, I think I'd, I'd argue that's a a black comedy much like this actually to be honest it's you know it's it is funny even if it's dealing yeah. with the total annihilation of the of the world mm-hmm. by a, yeah. a, a, by a nuclear apocalypse right okay well so I, I've only got one more that we're dealing okay. with uh, on the on the subject of presidents who face extraterrestrial threat to be <laughs> honest I have seen this movie Fairly recently, I don't remember that much about this character, uh, but that's President James Dale as played by Jack Nicholson in
1: Mars Attacks. Mars think- Attacks was was a film that I was going to try and watch for in preparation for this because I've seen it a very very long time ago, um, although I, I would have had to pay for it and I wasn't going to do that, so I didn't watch it. But uh, but yeah, really strange film.
0: He gets uh, he 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 makes the mistake of the, the classic presidential era of um he makes first contact with the aliens uh and and things go awry lots of people are killed and then he invites the aliens into i believe congress um <laughs> to to try it again and they say that they're going to be peaceful this time but they're just lying they're just lying they're not to be trusted and they and they vaporize like half of the us government and then take him prisoner and then i think he ends up getting killed by something like a hand crawling up his back and stabbing him in the
1: spine or something. I can't, exactly remember. I can't remember. I can't remember.
0: But he definitely dies um, a fairly ignominious end, uh, sort of suffers a fairly ignominious end, which, I mean, he doesn't strike me as the best president in the world. He's worried about the optics. Yeah, well, about-
1: I, I also remember his performance was like he wasn't trying to be presidential I remember like he oh, no. sounded like Jack Nicholson in most other films yeah like, yeah, yeah he
0: sounded like Jack Nicholson reading like John F. Kennedy speeches <laughs> like it was just like he he came across as like vaguely like as it was quite charismatic but not presidential or competent in the slightest which you know opens the door for those those dang Martians to yep. to invade and and uh, turn Michael J Fox into oh, no he doesn't turn Michael J Fox into a dog he turn, they turn Sarah Jessica Jessica Parker yeah, into a yeah. dog
1: i can't remember what they do to Michael J Fox they might cut his head off jason stone his character name is i can't remember i can't yeah. remember what they do but uh yeah oh, no, tim michael Burton. j fox gets uh, gets
0: um yeah tim, one of tim burton's like best movies miles attacks i have to say like i, I really like miles attacks um mm-hmm. i think yeah i think michael j fox gets um vaporized with a gun pierce brosnan i believe has his head cut off um and- Pierce brosnan
1: in this is funny he's like really posh english
0: yeah, he's like a suave scientist. Who's yeah, Professor like, Donald Kessler. Yeah, he falls in love with Sarah Jessica Farker, who's like an airhead girlfriend of Michael J. Fox. And then <laughs> and then she has a... I think she has her head cut off and put on a dog. I think he just has his head cut off and put in a jar or something. But it's, you know, it's a it's a tale as old as time. That Yeah, right yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. So I've got a couple more in my fictional category. You, you may not have seen these, so we'll fly through them. Um, the, the first one I'm going to talk about is uh, President Thomas... Tug Benson uh, played by Lloyd Bridges from Hot Shots Part Do. Um, the only thing I remember liking this film a lot when I was a kid. I haven't seen it recently, but I I 100% remember that he has a sword fight with Saddam Hussein at one point in it and that's enough to <laughs> get him in That's enough to get him in the list as far as I'm concerned.
1: Hot Shots is a series of comedy films which I never watched to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I don't have that Charlie Sheen background, but um, yeah apparently they're funny. I-, I was more of a Naked Gun family myself. Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: Naked Gun is definitely... They are definitely better... Like, those uh, Zucker Brothers comedies, like, Airplane, and I don't think Mm -hmm. Zucker Brothers did Naked Gun, but that kind of style of comedy... That style, yeah. ...was, like, with Leslie Nielsen were all amazing. Just... Leslie Nielsen... Or Frank Drebin, excuse me, must he? He must meet the president in one of those movies, surely. I'm I mean, sure he does. He meets sure the he, he meets the queen in the first one. I think. I mean,
1: come on, lad, that should be my, he should be on my list for characters who should be president. Oh yeah,
0: I mean yeah, if we, we'll put him in. We'll get yeah, back to
1: we'll come back to that.
0: <laughs> Frank Drebin. I mean, it would be first off, it would be hilarious. Uh, like, yeah, but I mean, he'd get
1: stuff done. He always gets his man. Yeah, and I also will say like obviously we'll spend we'll talk about this sort of thing in a, in a future podcast I'm sure at length. But in the naked gun films they really take it's it's really it's it's offensive I think to call it a trope uh because it really is just a a product of a of an unhealthy uh, industry. But they take to the extreme the idea of uh, the the female love interest being way younger than the male. The man. <laughs> yeah. You know, like in most films, even like in a normal film which isn't a, a comedy, you'll have like a man who's like fifty five, and his and his love interest will be twenty five, yeah. and it's all it's it's always- always- yeah, it's yeah, it's always the case, and it always yeah. annoys me because it is just like a, it's it's a it's a parasite within the within the industry that that mindset. Yeah. Having said that, in Naked Gun, they properly take it to the extreme. This man is like <laughs> seventy-five. And he's yes. got like a woman who's like, th- I think I think it's actually. Priscilla Presley. Is yeah, that... it is Priscilla
0: Presley. Yeah, like, yeah. he's his love interest in the Naked Gun movies, and yeah, she's she's like a solid forty years younger than him. <laughs> and I, I I just love. She is so good in those movies. Like the way the way she just leans into all of the comedy, like uh, handing like when she's she's up on like a ladder in her attic, and you can just see her legs, and he's looking up, and he just says "nice beaver," and then she hands down a stuffed <laughs> yeah. beaver. Just like, it's so good uh those yeah frank drebin for president make it happen like leslie nielsen we lost a real one when he he, when he went he is i i'm one of the few people who will stand by him in pretty much every movie that he ever made or every comedy he ever made he was his early stuff when he wasn't doing comedy is fine but it's not It's, it's really weird watching him in i think it's the poseidon adventure he's in where he plays And if you imagine Frank Drebin's, like, really serious, like, deadpan delivery, but without any comedy, like, that's what he's like in the Poseidon adventure, and it's really weird, because you're expecting him to say something, and then to, like, fall over like a prop, or, like, get, like, shaving cream on his face, but it never happens. Um, Right, okay, I'm I'm just gonna fly through these... Last, uh, last remaining uh, fictional presidents. Just so we can get them ticked off the list. Okay. Um, so, listeners to this podcast and our other podcast, uh, the After Dark podcast, will know I'm a big John Carpenter fan. Um, and Donald Pleasance is a hell of an actor. So uh, Donald Pleasance playing President White in Escape from New York is obviously on my list. He plays it in this really, in his sort of very typical, weird Donald Pleasance way, where the way he enunciates sentences doesn't really make sense. Uh, There's a bit where he's, like, getting beaten up by Isaac Hayes, who plays the Duke, who's kind of the main bad guy in Escape from New York, and the the Duke wants him to, like, repeat a phrase. (laughs) Uh, and then eventually, after you know this beating continues for several minutes, Donald Ple- or President White relents and says the phrase. <laughs> he says it in this really weird way. where he goes like, "You are the Duke of New York, President A Number One." <laughs> and, and it's just like, okay, yeah, so thanks, Donald President uh, Pleasants, for that weird line delivery there. But um, and I wait for what happens at the end, except to say that Donald Pleasants ends up straight up murdering a dude at the end of that movie, um, which is. It's a pretty resounding indictment of um of the system that Snake Pliskin has been hired to protect.
1: Yeah, it's also not very presidential, we'll
0: say. No, no. I mean he's he's um he's not very presidential by the end of that movie. And I and I think he fits into we could have a whole other we could have a whole other section of this podcast on this if we'd actually seen the movies. But President White fits into that subcategory of presidents who need rescuing. So you talked about uh olympus has fallen and there's one i think it was white house down that was another like deep yeah. impact armageddon situation where like two movies with both came, shockingly yeah. similar premises came out within like six months of each other i'm trying to think of any other movies where the president is rescuing i guess air force one kind of is that but he rescues himself with his
1: yeah he's john mcclain and a gun um <laughs> get off my sh- plane i was about to say ship get off my plane that should be the sequel
0: F, yeah, like C C Force One, and
1: like, literally just copy what Speed did. <laughs> it's what yeah, was, C Force One.
0: What, what was the what was the subtitle of Speed Two? It was something, like, it was cool. Hold on, I need to Google this.
1: Faster, something, you know, Cruise Control, as- that was it. It was, just, <laughs> it was the fucking
0: laziest subtitle. Because it, it was just like, what if we had speed on a boat this time? And you could tell, you, but when, like, when they called it Cruise Control, you can basically feel the production, uh, or the executive who works for the production company being like, what if we called it this? It doesn't really have anything to do with the movie, but it's a boat term, right? Which I guess it yeah. is.
1: Exactly, and I, I, I'm I'm struggling to remember. Does Keanu Reeves die in the first one? No,
0: he survives. But she, they, like, there's a throwaway line. It's been a long time since I watched Speed Two, but I vaguely remember there being a throwaway line where Sandra Bullock says it didn't work out with him, and that's the only nod they make. Like, she's the only tie they have to the original movie because they couldn't get yeah. Keanu Reeves back because he was off doing like The Matrix. <laughs> like, oh. yeah, that's it's
1: pretty big. Yeah, like he
0: had he had bigger fish to fry and Sandra Bullock unfortunately her career resurgence didn't happen until until a few a years later. later yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, funny enough about speed actually the other day I was talking about uh, at the emo and we were talking about films like that and I went oh yeah it's just like speed and she was what's what's that about I've always heard the, the name of that film and I said you know, like the whole like trope and joke about like you know you are on a bus and they can't stop. You know, and she's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Well, that's that film." like, "Oh I'm, my I'm,
0: god! I didn't realize! I didn't know what that was called." Furiously <laughs> trying to Google the Homer Simpson bit where he can't recall the name of Speed, and he's and he just but he keeps on saying the word Speed as he's describing it.
1: That's um. <laughs> that's what he was doing, yeah.
0: Yeah, it has it has the one of the uh, one of the best quips after killing a bad guy. Um, in any movie I've, I've ever heard, where um, after after um, Keanu Reeves kicks or well pushes Dennis like up, so he gets his head knocked off, he just says, "Yeah, well I'm taller," and then like that.
1: We well, did get him. Like that's that's hundred percent. That's, that's a got him. Yeah,
0: I mean he's earned the right to quip, but I will. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stand here and, and tell Keanu that, that was a good quip. Frankly, yeah. like, it's lucky no one else heard it. Um, right. Keanu. Okay. The Keanu, Yeah. That this is uh, my last one in the fictional president. It's going to be a very quick a flying a flying visit.
1: Okay.
0: This president doesn't even have a name, although I think I'm pretty sure it's a George <laughs> W Bush analogue. Um that and this is Billy Bob Thornton's character in Love Actually or just credited oh, yeah. as the US president um who, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, really his only input in this movie is to seduce Martin McCutcheon and cause a very significant diplomatic incident with the UK. <laughs>
1: Which, you know, if you're going to be a plot point, that's a good one to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, like Hugh Grant's kind of rejection of, uh, of alliances with the US and indication that the UK is going to go alone from here on out, it all sounds very, very good and kind of chest-pumping at the time, but that's not going to work out well.
1: <laughs> yeah, long- we all know where that got us.
0: We don't- we'll see, like, how the economic sanctions in, like, 10 years' time affect the UK. <laughs> Presided yeah. over like the worst, uh, the worst recession in UK history because we, all of our trade deals with the US were cancelled. Um, but yeah, so but I mean Billy Bob Thornton, he he's always good at playing a bastard, and the, and this president is no exception.
1: Yeah, uh, Love Actually is an interesting film. Uh, I do like it. It's uh, something that in the UK it's watched every year at Christmas time for by a lot of people. Um, yeah, so like I, I like it's it's a bit like. Um, it's a bit like something like Snatch, which has so many characters and so many storylines going on <coughs> that you know there's actually not very much screen time for no. for the president, uh, so you can't really judge him much, I suppose. No. Uh, but yeah, Billy Bob Thornton's pretty good in most things. So
0: yeah, he's a known quantity. Um, yeah, okay. Right. Okay. Well, well, that's us done with uh, with fictional movies then. Fictional movies, fictional presidents, rather fictional let's, presidents yeah yeah let's go on to the real presidents and i've got to be honest i've got many in this list and I, I haven't seen a lot of these movies for a while so citation needed for everything you're about to hear
1: yeah i think we should just keep you know keep it to a couple and then we'll uh yeah. we'll, we'll be all right because um, you know we could talk here all day about real presidents but yeah. uh, i'm happy to let i've you know you've went along for quite a while on your fictional presidents there but i'm happy to let you go again well,
0: I'm going to go with one that I don't think you have, but then I think there's two that I that we that we share that that okay. I'll, I'll I'll get you to take the lead on. So, um really th- this one is it's a good performance, but it's also just a really good movie. Um and that's Frank Langella playing Richard Nixon in Frost Nixon, uh which is a Ron Howard movie. Uh he gets the sweatiness down perfectly and that <laughs> that kind of, that kind of you know that uh, that vaguely uh, sort of horrific nixon-esque quality to his interactions with anyone but he is also he has he you know he does exude that kind of i guess power is the term you'd use for it but it's it's a great performance and and the 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 way that he and um uh michael michael sheen martin sheen i always get them mixed up Mm michael sheen is the british the 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 welsh one um play off of each other as as uh, david frost and richard nixon in this interview is is fantastic so that's well worth uh well worth checking out if you're looking for
1: that's a film that i've always intended to watch i'm gonna be honest with you and i haven't seen it Uh, i think i will definitely check it out now i I think i've always heard it's great um yeah and i think i think i will check that out yeah I'm interested in that era era of American politics too for obvious reasons yeah I I think everything is called that now something gate you know
0: yeah yeah i i think i think it it does take some liberties with that stuff i'm not that well versed in it so mm-hmm, i can't I, mm-hmm. when i watch it i'm just like wow did it really happen this way and then you read and then i read about yeah. it it's like oh yeah, no. yeah
1: that's that's a rule of thumb which i think most people if you listen to this podcast know that we do that we don't watch a film and assume it's correct <laughs> you know in yeah. terms yeah. of the historical value of it like and uh,
0: yeah the cohen brothers taught us that if, if any movie ever begins with based on a true story you can guarantee at least 90 percent of it is completely fictionalized yeah
1: exactly exactly
0: yeah. cool okay well why don't you give give us um, your real presidents? Thanks. I think we share the same ones.
1: Okay, so the first uh, real president I'll say I mentioned is this, it's going to be Abraham Lincoln, which is played by so, Daniel Day Lewis in yep. the film Lincoln. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis's uh, third Oscar, I believe.
0: Yeah, he, he was yeah. on a tear because he he got one for My Left Foot, and then like there's a twenty, 20 years year later, and then yeah. he got one for There Will Be Blood, and then got one for got one for this.
1: Like, yeah, so. So obviously he's brilliant in this. One thing that's very memorable about the way he pre- he plays as president is that it's been it's been sort of anytime I growing up I saw Abraham Lincoln being portrayed he had a very deep you know voice great orator whereas apparently like you know Accounts from the time said that he he had a quite a meek voice. He was quite yeah. sort of high pitched voice, and Daniel Day Lewis really tried to put that into him. So it made his portrayal of Lincoln much more memorable and much more sort of singular. I think since then that there's more people who've done it that way, and maybe even before then there was too. But this was the moment in which I realized that, and it's to be honest with you, I really I really like it. Um, it's Steven Spielberg is the is the director, obviously, um, and yeah, just just a great portrayal. I think honest Abe. What do you what did you think of it? Yeah, I I. I I remember really
0: liking this movie when I saw it. I don't remember that much about it, but to be honest, I think that's the case with a lot of biopics for me, where it's, yeah. uh, it all just kind of blends into one. It's like I, a history lesson. I, I, yeah, I remember like the the sort of really voiced uh, per- manner in which uh, Daniel Day Lewis uh, performed was was mm-hmm. really interesting because yeah, it's not how you. It's certainly not how my version of Abraham Lincoln uh, from Bill and Ted. Uh, was performed so it caught me by surprise apparently this is more life like I, I choose to subscribe to the Bill and Ted version to be honest but um, yeah like I, I, I remember this being I remember this being a good performance of a man I know very little about
1: yeah exactly uh, well uh, also at the, around the time uh, I remember there was a really famous photo of Daniel Day-Lewis uh, in like a coffee shop Dressed like Abraham Lincoln, drinking coffee. Yeah, like uh, I think because obviously he's he's a method actor. Yeah, talking about method Um, actors. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So he was sitting in a coffee shop. It was a famous photo. I don't think he was in the full thing, but he did have like the hair and like the and the beard and all. And he was like sitting there as Abraham Lincoln drinking coffee in a coffee shop.
0: (laughs) Four score and seven minutes ago, I asked for a croissant. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) this reminds me of the of the scene in the restaurant in There Will Be Blood. (laughs) You know. Imagine imagine you just took uh took Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood and just replaced him with Abraham like swap them. Like, yeah, swap Just swap the them. Characters.
0: Do it yeah, do it like Freaky Friday those characters yeah. into different different roles. Um yeah, cool. Okay. Well, yeah, Lincoln uh is I, I would say like as a character again, I don't know that much about Abraham Lincoln, but I'd say he's possibly the most portrayed president i'm sure there are loads of examples of lincoln in movies mm-hmm. it's probably it's going to be either him george washington or or maybe maybe jfk uh
1: seem will, like the obvious will forte ones. plays him in the lego movies
0: uh, plays lincoln
1: yeah oh, nice. <laughs> yes
0: and that's really that's the definitive portrayal actually <laughs> yeah now we're getting right down to
1: it yeah it's like when people list who their favorite joker is peep some idiots include zach galifianakis from 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 the lego batman movie i mean listen he's better than um
0: better than what's his face from jared uh, leto yeah better than jared leto
1: (laughs) yeah don't tell jared
0: leto that he'll come after us like Takes that very personally, actually. Apparently, can't find me, Jared. Thirty seconds to Mars is shit, as well. Uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on to uh, moving on to. I think you've got this one as well, but I'll say it just in case you don't. Do you have W on yours?
1: No, w? no, no. Okay, I think so- I alluded to the idea of having George W. Bush somewhere. Uh, but I have him in a different film. So you talk about yours first. Okay,
0: cool. Well, I'll, I'll just do this quickly because this is another one. That, That's be Brolin, honest, isn't it? It is. It's Josh Brolin. Um, It's the Oliver Stone movie, Derby, um, Derby, playing George W. Bush. To be honest, I mean, he, like, I think Josh Brolin had a pretty, he had a bit of a thankless task in this because playing uh Bush at this point, he was kind of seen as a bit of a buffoon by, by you know, the yeah, arts, yeah. The, the left-leaning world. And, and, and I don't think Oliver Stone was that interested. He didn't really want to make something that was just a, a hatchet job. Like, I think he actually wanted to depict the character. So Brolin had to kind of find the comedy in some of the more ridiculous things that he did in his youth and during his presidency, while still having some kind of gravitas about the character or charisma yeah. about the character. I think he did a decent enough job, but <laughs> I will say that the main thing I remember about this movie is uh, Richard Dreyfuss uh, as... Uh, Dick Cheney he he plays like this amazingly kind of like menacing figure in the shadows who's actually running everything um which uh so it's p- perhaps appropriate that his performance is a thing that really stands out to me uh from this movie because by all accounts Dick Cheney was the guy who was actually running that presidency
1: <laughs> yeah exactly which I, which I which i to be honest with you when you look back at the history of it it perhaps in my opinion it perhaps lets george w bush off a l- with a little a little bit which when it shouldn't uh but like i think these portrayals of like you know george i think george w bush definitely lent in to the idea that he was viewed as a buffoon oh yeah be- yeah it be- it because it meant that habitable. there was some of the some of the harsher decisions that they made in that administration um meant it meant that everyone blames dick cheney which you know fair enough yeah. <laughs> you know fair <laughs> enough let's be honest but uh but what i mean is like you know just because just because uh, George W. Bush can't remember sayings when he's when he's when he's when he's giving a speech, <laughs> yeah. do, do, doesn't mean that he also didn't have a hand in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, and and I think also, I mean. Again, not to get too real, but I think the direction the Republican Party took after George W. Bush has helped a lot with that because there has yeah. definitely been a movement to look back at George W. Bush with rose-tinted glass- glasses and be like, "Ah, oh, remember the heady days when the president was just an idiot and not an idiot
1: and a racist and, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. and all this other stuff." Which is a dangerous, which is a dangerous road to go down. But at the same time, I, you understand it, like because you know, it just to be honest with you, this film W. I think it's really interesting that Oliver Stone did the directed this film. It was released in two thousand eight, which is when he was still president.
0: Yeah,
1: it kind of it speaks to me like Oliver Stone being like, "I need to get my George W. Bush film out before anyone else does. I want to be (laughs) the film. Yeah, I want to have the film. Like, it's a bit early. I think that's the thing. (laughs) Like, we're talking about W. uh, What like twelve years, thirteen years out now. You you need to have the distance. I think between the political acts. Uh, and the the portrayal the in a film for people, I, I, I that's how I personally feel, um, because like there's n- everything wouldn't have been known at that point. Like a lot of the films, have, films that have come out these days, where they know more about what happened in the administration on both sort of on in both agendas, I'll say. Mm-hmm. But like at the time when it's still going on, you know, how much are you really going to know? You know? Yeah,
0: well, I, I, maybe this was Oliver Stone because he made JFK in like 1991, I think, which is obviously mm. like yeah, 30 years one. after the assa- uh, assassination. So maybe this he was like, oh, I missed the boat on that JFK one, so I'm gonna get in really early on this W one.
1: <laughs> yeah, Oliver Stone is literally just like a YouTuber who's like trying to ride the, crisp, crisp, yeah. the crest of <laughs> yeah. the algorithm. Yeah,
0: he'll get it right for Joe Biden, and he'll do he'll do his Biden movie like about 10 years after Biden's pres- presidency finishes, and we'll all be like, "You nailed it, Oliver Stone. Good job.
1: Third time's the charm." Oh yeah, because like there's two constants, there's three constants in the world: life and death count as one, taxes, and Oliver Stone will live forever and keep making these films. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. So my next film about a real president is actually the same president, but I'm going with Adam McKay's 2018 Vice. Oh, I never saw this. Was it? Was it good? Oh yeah, yeah. You should watch it. It's it's yeah. uh, Christian Bale uh, hmm. plays uh, Dick Cheney. So they, they 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 focus on Dick Cheney here now. I think there's a conversation to be had um, about whether or not it's correct to focus on these figures from history in a film, because mm-hmm. eventually in the film they do have to put things in for you to like to humanize him and make you empathize with him in certain ways. I think by the end of the film, if you empathize with him, I think they've put enough. They've really put enough in there. To, to, to maybe make that make you not empathize with him by the end yeah but there's like certain things like, like dick cheney for example very famously had a uh, has a lesbian daughter um and therefore he would never would have when he was in politics he never would have uh publicly come out against gay marriage um he did eventually betray that by his uh, daughter going against gay marriage later in life um, and because it wasn't him, I'm sure he was like, you know, well, I didn't technically say it, but you know, um, mm. his family still did betray that uh, that 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 family member uh, in that regard, but um, it also shows a bit of the hypocrisy between personal life, and it's okay if it happens to me, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, the the uh, George W. Bush in this is played by Sam Rockwell. Oh,
0: okay. That's, yeah, uh, I can see that. I can definitely see that.
1: Yeah, and he, he plays it in such an interesting way, like, because obviously he does lean into the sort of the Goofy as well, which I think you're never going to get a George W. Bush film where oh, yeah. it doesn't, because even if you just watch an interview with George W. Bush, yeah. he himself leans into the Goofy. So <laughs> yeah. uh, so Sam Rockwell plays him, and it's is a, a fantastic scene, which is what I'll, I'll just mention this one, then we can move on, because uh, we are going quite long. But Sam Rockwell has a moment where Christian Bale comes to him as Dick Cheney and is trying to convince him to... Uh, so. Sam Rockwell of George W. Bush wants Dick Cheney as his, as his vice president, mm. but Dick Cheney is like sort of left politics and he's working in the private sector. Doesn't really want to, and vice president isn't really an important job. And it ha- it sort of is very much, um, just like a sort of, I don't know, like a, like, like, a, like, like a face, a face in a name, but you're not really yeah. doing anything. So basically it has this really cool thing with Dick Cheney was an avid, uh, angler. Um, in fact, I think that was his uh, code name, angler, uh, so basically, throughout the the time of the conversation where Dick Cheney's trying to convince George Bush to let him have more responsibility if he was to become his vice president, uh, it's got like cut cutaways to like him like reeling in fish and stuff, you know yeah uh, like catch, catching him on, on the lure. but um, okay. yeah, so basically he's like, <laughs> Dick Cheney's like, yeah, so we'll just do like the you know the unimportant tasks, you know, things like military foreign policy you know <laughs> leave that up to me and then uh george w bush was like you got a deal <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way it's portrayed is very much like just george w bush just had no clue what was going yeah, on
0: and i could 100 percent believe that that was the conversation as it happened
1: but earlier on in the film like they were they were in the ninety, uh in the late 80s i, I believe before it was, bef- was it before was before hw bush was president it was like it wasn't it wasn't during it anyway it was, i think it was before yeah um and they were talking about how jeb bush uh you know were, he's going to be the president right yeah uh, and then like you hear like a table crashing in the background and they turn around and there's george w falling over drunk right <laughs> and i thought to myself like you know that is the meme of of him right yeah but at the same time would they have included that in the film if there well, it wasn't at least one person saying i was at a big political party and he fell over drunk like it must have had, at least happened once
0: Oh yeah, like I, I could believe it as well. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Jeb Bush as well, because literally the only reason I know who Jeb Bush is is because of the episode of The Simpsons
1: where H.W. Bush moves in opposite Homer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeb actually ran for president in 2016. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. and he was he was one of the victims to Trump Trump's ramblings. I
0: did not know that. Well, there you go. I've learned something. I've learned that Jeb yeah. was yeah is, is like a less successful politician than than his brother. All right. So what what I'm going to do now is I'm going to very quickly roll through my could have been presidents list because, as you say, we are we are running a little long. I've got one. All right, I'm going. Uh, you I'll, give me yours. You, I'll yours, go through are, mine. Yours
1: are, yeah, yours are actually uh, prepared, whereas I've got the best answer. My yeah. answer is the only real answer. Yeah,
0: well, we so. can't we can't start the show with a showstopper. So let me let me yep. go let me go through these three.
1: You and better then not we- say mine.
0: I I don't think I will. Well, we'll okay. see. Let's see. Um, okay. okay, so the first one is uh, Ransom Stoddard, uh, who is the character uh, portrayed by James Stewart in *The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance*. Mm-hmm. Not, not a president. I believe he's a congressman. Um, but
1: it's, great choice, though.
0: Yeah, I, I think he would have been a, like. I mean, James Stewart would have been a good president. Let's be honest; yeah, yeah. He's, he's a pretty cool guy. You know, I'm and turns out. and and he understands the value of lying when the legend becomes fact print the legend he's already learned that like it does and it it does kind of chip away at the moral fiber of his character and leaves the ending of that movie with a sort of bittersweet tinge but he'll be a great politician as a result of it that's great Um, i like that choice okay so we got a couple of non um non party politician i don't So okay i'm gonna expose here i don't really understand how third party candidates in america
1: work here so i think it's just you say i want to be president go on the ticket and then if people vote for you they're kind of throwing their vote away
0: Okay. Well, so so the first one is and this is one of my favorite movies is uh Hal Philip Walker who technically doesn't appear in this movie. Uh but he's a character that's constantly referenced in uh, Robert Altman's Nashville from 1975 and he's a replacement party candidate. And in fact, both of my both of the next two characters I've got are from movies in the 70s because I guess American politics was kind of rocked by the Watergate scandal in yeah. the early seventies. And then a bunch of movies came out where like he's, as I say, he's a replacement party candidate. He, he's not part of the two party system because, and that's a very deliberate choice by Altman because it's, he's depicting um, problems in American politics that, uh, that are, what, he, he is basically saying that like these politicians are rising up to replace the corrupt two party system that existed in the 90s. If only, if only. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been nice, um, but uh, but yeah, his, his his so as I say, he doesn't appear, um, but uh, his his party or his his campaign slogan is for doing some replacing, which is <laughs> which is great. <laughs> Like and the apostrophe on doing and replacing are both in there. So <laughs> you yeah. feel like that's really important. Yeah. Um and uh and my last one is uh presidential candidate Charles Palantine from Taxi Driver as Martin Scorsese in uh nineteen seventy-six. And he is in that movie briefly. He shares a taxi ride with uh with Travis Bickle, um Robert De Niro's character, and basically call, like tells him he's a fine upstanding citizen and uh and hopes that he can count on his vote, which if you've seen Taxi Driver and you know what kind of character Travis Bickle is, says a lot about that that presidential <laughs> candidate. But it's another one where I think it, it, it's very cynical about the political system in America, and and they don't they don't I I, I don't know if they say he's not part of the two party system or they just don't mention the party that that he belongs to. Yeah. But um, either way, it's it's a it's a pretty um, a pretty grim depiction of the the political system in America.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, <laughs> good choices, good yeah, choices. Let, let, you, stuck me, to, you stuck to the um, the characters who are already in the political world. That's true, I did, yeah. really interesting to me. Uh, I've went outside the box for one of mine, uh, okay. but which is the correct answer, I'll have you know. The, um, the first one is not the correct answer, but it is a good answer. And my first one is Mayor Goldie Wilson from Back to the Future.
0: Oh, yeah, he's got his eyes on the presidency. I don't yeah. think there's any doubt about that. <laughs>
1: So mayor Goldie Wilson, obviously, he's, he's you know even 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 his uh, his big smile will do it for you. He started off as a as a as a cleaner in the cafe, and then by the time the the twenty five years later or 20, thirty years later in eighty five, he's he's the mayor. Yeah, it's just a perfect story, just a perfect story. Oh, yeah. uh, my, my my other one, which I think is this, is the correct answer, and I think you'll share that. Let's imagine, right, <laughs> um, an asteroid is coming to hit the Earth, right just like in Armageddon and just like in uh, Deep Impact. However, yeah. instead of going down into the uh, I- into the bunker with all the other important people, <laughs> yeah. this guy is running up the mountain, getting to higher ground to avoid the tidal wave with the rest of the folk, right? Okay. Someone falls over. They've got a broken leg, right? And he says... <laughs> this is so stupid but he says right that they say they say um you know it's my baby you know i have to carry my baby he says well i can't carry your baby for you but i can carry you oh, sam okay. Gamgee yeah. should be the president of america
0: yeah i think that's a good choice like I, I, and you know he's proven that he's incorruptible as well the only ring bearer to ever willingly give up the ring um I Which, think that says it all. If you're not corrupted by the One Ring, you're not going to be corrupted by you know big business trying to uh, trying to buy you with <laughs> with campaign donations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Samwise Gamgee, 2024. Well, I guess 2028. <laughs> yeah. Give Biden two terms, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know then uh, more hobbits in the White House
1: as well. Yeah, exactly. And you know and you know just let them be free. No shoes, you know. Let them be free. Let yeah. be free. That's what I thought. I was
0: go- I was gonna make a comment about the current president. <laughs> 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 and true listeners, then I'm not gonna do it. And you, should, like, I hope you're thankful for that, listener, with steering clear of the political nightmare at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a good idea.
0: Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, Samwise Gamgee is an excellent choice. Um, but yeah, I mean that that pretty much r- wraps us up here for our our list of movie presidents, which really just leaves us with one simple question to answer before we before we leave you for another week here and and that is anthony what is your favorite
1: movie this week it's a movie that i'm going to be talking about next week and it's called rock the casbah
0: oh i've never seen that um okay in fact i don't even know if i know what that movie is but uh, we'll find out next week We'll find my out <laughs> my favorite movie is independence day uh so yeah i guess tune in next week for for anthony talking about rock the casbah it's going to be a movie diary so we'll talk about everything we've seen since the last time we did one of those which was a week ago uh thank you to nancy wyatt and jared iscariot for the use of our theme song uh check out their other stuff down in the link below and yeah share the show with your friends uh, subscribe like us do all of that stuff and thank you for checking us out we will see you next week so that's goodbye for me. Please like us. Yeah, please like us. <laughs> please, please. Support. Um, just tell your friends to like us as well. Support. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so goodbye for me, and we'll, we will see you next week.
1: And cut.